Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. It's good when God speaks, isn't it? And already there's a sense that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us. He's been reminding us how great he is. That he is a great God. He's been reminding us about his faithfulness to every generation. And I'm blessed about that, aren't you? I'm blessed that it doesn't matter what generation we find ourselves in this morning, God is for us and wants to bless us. And he's also been reminding us that age is not a barrier to the purpose of God. Isn't that fantastic? Age is not a barrier to the purpose of God. And uh, and I I just want to pick up on that theme a little bit later on. But this morning, I want to, to speak and minister on the power of faith. The power of faith. And uh, I might even say that we could entitle it the power of bold faith. Because uh, faith makes things happen, doesn't it? Faith makes things happen. And uh, I want to get straight into the Word of God and uh, look at a gospel chapter 21 of Matthew. So uh, all the scriptures will be on the screen this morning. Jesus answered them, I assure you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do, do what is done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Hallelujah. That's a big mountain in the background, isn't it? But Jesus says, if you believe, you will say to this mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. That's the power of faith. That's the power of bold faith. And again, we read in chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 20. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And also in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 32, Jesus says something about this mustard seed. And we'll go back to the slide of the mustard seed in a minute. But he says this, it's the smallest of all seeds, but where faith is, there's always a but. Because faith changes things. Faith changes situations. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes something. It becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. Hallelujah. If we can just go back to that slide of the mustard seed. In that slide, they look as though they're the size of peas, don't they? But in actual fact, you'll find that they're very small. Between a one and two millimetres, a mustard seed. Every time 
we hear the word of God, it's like we're taking one of those seeds and we're planting something in our heart. Every time we hear the word of God, we can take a seed of faith and we can plant it in our hearts and expect that something's going to happen and that 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 little seed, what starts off as something very small, is actually going to accomplish something very big. And uh, we've got a slide, I think, of a big tree. I wanted it to be able to show the nests and the birds, but that was the best we could do. It's a big tree. It's a big tree, and it finds it a place where birds can come and shelter and find refuge. And that's what faith does. Faith produces something that ministers to other people. Faith enables us to minister to other people. And, uh, you know, it becomes a place of nourishment and sustainment for people. Just as that tree nourishes and sustains, then that's what faith will do in our lives and hearts. It will nourish and sustain us, but it won't be for us alone. It will nourish and sustain other people as well. And I want to say to you that faith is something that is very contagious. <laughs> it's very contagious. When you're in a place with people of faith, you cannot help but be affected by it. Faith spreads. Faith is very contagious. It's very easy to catch, but it's also extremely powerful. A very little, even a mustard seed, little bit of faith, goes a very long way. And as we'll see this morning, as we look into the scripture, we'll see that faith makes impossible things possible. Faith makes a way where in the natural there is no way. You know, and we've had plenty of testimony in this church about that about how God has changed situations and God has made a way. So faith will catapult us from one realm into another realm. Faith will catapult us from the natural into the supernatural. And I find that very encouraging because, you know, we live in a day where many people are growing sceptical. Others are abandoning their faith. But God is looking for believing believers. I want to encourage you this morning not just to be a believer, but to be a believing believer. Be a believing believer. Men and women of the Word and the Spirit who both exercise their faith and move mountains. And I believe that we are such a people. I believe that we are such a generation, a multitude of generations. We're a generation of faith. We're a generation of power. We're a generation of the Spirit. And um, in Mark chapter 9, we read about the boy, the epileptic boy, and his father comes with him to Jesus, and he says, the Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. 
I love the scripture, don't you? <laughs> what do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I love the authenticity of the gospel, don't you? I love the authenticity because we can all identify with this father. In the face of adversity, in the face of problem and sickness, he's filled with mixed thoughts and emotions. But hallelujah, he's in the right place and talking to the right person. When you're faced with a mountain, make sure that you're in the right place and talking to the right people. Be with the people of faith because faith will be contagious. Notice this, that when Jesus prays, the spirit leaves the boy instantaneously and heals him completely. But not only did the spirit leave, I believe unbelief went as well. Unbelief went as well. Hallelujah. He saw the evidence before his own eyes and he became a believing believer. Jesus can always work with people like that, people that are come to him honestly, not trying to gloss things over or pretend things are different to how they are. But he comes and says, Lord, I have got some faith. I do believe but I've also got some unbelief. Well, this morning I want us to concentrate not on the unbelief, but I want to concentrate on the faith. Because every single one of us have got faith. Whether you you kind of acknowledge it or not, you've got faith. Because it took faith to get saved. It took faith to get saved. It took faith to go through the waters of baptism. It took faith to get filled with the Spirit. You've got faith. But sometimes we kind of get so overcome by the doubts and the unbelieving bit that we forget actually that we've got faith. And Jesus says, if you've got faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today in the faith that you've already got. I want you to fan into flame the faith that you have. And uh, we've got a lovely little slide coming up of a fire. Look at that, roaring fire. Fan into flame. Don't be an ember in the corner of the grate, but be on fire. Be filled with zeal. Be filled with fire. Let the Holy Spirit blow oxygen into your life that you'll be a glow with the Spirit. Paul says, be a glow with the Spirit. That's what we want to be this morning. We want to be a glow with the Spirit. So I want to look this morning at what the writer to the Hebrews says about faith in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to look at it from the Passion Translation. Has anybody heard of the Passion Translation? Yeah, if you've got one of these wonderful 
apps on your phone or your tablet, you'll find it's called the TPT, which stands for the Passion Translation. I love the title of that, don't you? <laughs> that somebody who was filled with zeal, who was filled with passion, had it in their heart to do a translation of the Bible with passion. And uh, I just love the way, particularly, that this uh, translation renders this passage. So we'll, we're just going to read the first 16 verses together. I'd like to have read the whole chapter, but, you know, time it doesn't matter. But, you know, please take it away and read it yourself at home, because uh, I've got seven quick points I want to bring out of this passage, but there are many more. There are at least another seven, so there's, there's loads in there. So get into the word and let faith be stirred and arise in your heart. So let's read this together. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations we're commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. You know, there was such authority in God's word. There was such authority that the invisible realm couldn't help but release something. Hallelujah. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. And by his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith lifted Enoch from this life and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. And he journeyed through the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city 
with unshakable foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. I'm just going to leave the reading there, actually, because um, for time's sake. So we just look at those first ten verses. The first thing I want to say, and just have our heading one up for us, faith is active and powerful. Faith is very active and powerful. You'll find that as we go through, the words that we're talking about are doing words. <laughs> They're doing works. And that's because faith does things. Where there's faith, things happen. Faith is very active and powerful. It opens eyes and brings light and revelation. And as we read in that verse, it's a foundation for our life. It's a foundation. Everything else depends upon faith. Because as we read in that verse, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe, first of all, that he is, that he's real. And secondly, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is, and God is a rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, faith, as it talks about in the King James translation, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith births realities from the unseen realm to the seen realm, making them substance. Faith makes the intangible tangible, the impossible possible, and faith makes a way where seemingly there is no way. Isn't that good? Active and powerful. You can go on to heading number two, please. Faith empowers us. If you look at verse three there, faith empowers us. It enables us to understand what creation was all about. It enables us to understand that the universe was created, and I love that translation there where it talks about it being beautifully coordinated. Creation was beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. And, um, you know, we're not a cosmic or biological accident. We're not the result of a Big Bang or just the result of certain amino acids combining in a certain way. We are part of God's plan. God's reminded us about that this morning, that he's got a plan for us, every single one of us. And when we see here that faith empowers us to understand that God is a creator God, that we're not here by accident. And it also empowers us to see a creator God who still speaks. 
Because God didn't stop speaking at creation. He is still speaking. And you know, in there in Genesis, we read about how the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. And the Spirit is still hovering. The Spirit hovers and waits for the Word. And when the Word comes, the Spirit does a little skip and a jump and says, right, I've got something I can work with now. I've got the Word. And the Spirit and the Word working together in harmony with the Father's will produce something new by the Spirit of God. And faith empowers us to see that there are new things continually being birthed by the Word and the Spirit. And Isaiah 43 says this. I think we've got the scripture. Isaiah 43, verse 19. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Church in Market Harbour, the Spirit of God says to you, I'm doing something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Hallelujah. God wants to do something new in your life. We've already heard it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're young or whether you're old. Age is not the issue. The issue is, will I believe what God has said? Will I apply it into my life? Will I take that seed and put it in my heart and live in the good of it? Yes, Lord, you're doing something new. It has already begun and I see it. I see it. Hallelujah. Heading number three. I've got to go quickly now. Faith moves us. It moved Abel, didn't it? Not just to give out of obligation or duty. That's not what he did. He took of the very best, the best of the best, and he gave the best of the best. And faith moves us to give generously of the very best. Whatever it is, whether it's finance, whether it's time, whether it's uh, abilities and gifts, whatever it is, faith moves us to give generously of the very best. And then also, it produces in us a new place of dependency because we recognize that God is our only true source and provider. It's not our job. It's not our employment. It's not the government if you're on benefits or retired. It's not our parents if you're a child. God is our source and provider. Hallelujah. Faith moves every one of us to a new place of dependency and trust in him. Heading number four. Verse five. This is the story about Enoch. It's a great little story, this. Faith translates us. It's an interesting little word, the word translate, isn't it? Because its its older meaning is to move from one place to another. To move from one place to another. And that's what faith does. 
in our lives. It moves us from one place of glory to another place of glory. It moves us into a new and closer walk with him. And it moves us into a life that constantly pleases and delights him. And ultimately, for Enoch, he walked with God. And God said to him one day, Enoch, we've been on a long walk today. I think you're closer to my place than yours. Why don't you just come home with me? So Enoch was translated and he was taken from a natural realm into a supernatural realm. He didn't taste death. And faith translates us into a life lived in a kingdom that is not of this world. It, lived, it translates us to live in the kingdom of heaven. And here's another little thought that I had. Translates, translation. Faith translates heaven's language. Have you ever thought about that? When we read about heaven, faith translates heaven's language to earth and enables us to express it and to bring heaven to earth. We sing that song, don't we, about heaven touching earth. That's what God wants. God wants heaven to touch earth. And we can do it because we can bring heaven's language to earth. Hallelujah. There are no shortcuts in relationships, are there? You know, we know that in marriage, there are no shortcuts. It takes time. Relationships take time. And it's the same with our walk with God. Our walk with God takes time. We need to walk intimately with him, hand in hand. And then we can know what it is to please him. As we said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Number five. Going very quick now. Verse seven. <laughs> this is about Noah. And uh, faith enables us to receive God's prophetic revelation. You know, Noah didn't have a Haynes manual on boat buildings. Uh, he didn't have the benefit of YouTube videos on preserving species or uh, uh, how to avoid a global crisis and flood. He didn't have technology. But what he did have was much better. He had the word of God. And he had God's divine blueprint. God wants to give us his blueprint for our lives. He wants to give us prophetic revelation. He says in his word that he doesn't do anything without first revealing it by his servants, the prophets. He wants to instruct us even in the smallest detail. And of course, we know that Noah built the boat, got everybody inside, God closed the door. So we're always a good little quiz question that, who closed the door of the ark? It was God. <laughs> and he was saved from destruction. And faith saves us from destruction. Hallelujah. And just 
as with Noah, his faith affected his world, then so our faith will affect our world. However big or however small you frame that, faith will affect your world. And um, I just want to bring you a little scripture, Proverbs 29, 18. This is one that you, you may have seen before, where it talks about where there's no prophecy, in one of the translations. Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. And I like this translation here. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Isn't that good? Heaven's bliss fills your soul. When you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I believe God wants that for every single one of us, that he wants heaven's bliss to fill our soul. Number six, faith motivates us. This is Abraham. He's being instructed by God to obey God's call and to step out in faith. It was a life-changing moment for him. It was a Kairos moment. But faith motivates us. It causes us to step out and to launch out into the unknown. And uh, Dave Vasey last weekend was, was encouraging us when we were out sailing about launching out. And I want to encourage you to launch out into whatever God is speaking to you about. Faith motivates us to step out and to launch out. It awakens a sense of destiny and call on our life. And it enables us to see what kingdom really looks like. Said of Abraham that he, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Faith enables us to understand what that kingdom really looks like. And faith releases new things, new gifts, new graces, new ministries. I believe God wants to do that among us. God wants to release something new, church. God doesn't want you to stay in the familiar. Abraham had to leave the familiar and he had to step out into the purpose of God and the call of God on his life. I want to encourage you to embrace that call on your life to embrace the word of God on your life and to step out in boldness and in faith because God wants to do something new among us. Amen. And then lastly, point seven, faith enables us to embrace God's miracle power. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 11, talking about Sarah. Talking about Sarah. She was enabled to embrace God's miracle power. And faith enables each one of us to do exactly the same thing. It's the catalyst to enable change. You know, some, when you study chemistry, you learn about catalysts. Some of you may have been doing, I know the younger ones may have been doing GCSE chemistry this week. My granddaughter has. But a catalyst is something that enables a reaction to take place. Without the catalyst, there's no reaction. But when the catalyst is there, something happens. And that's what faith is like. Faith 
is a catalyst. It enables change. It enables God's miracle power to flow. And faith fosters a miracle mentality. What's a miracle mentality? Well, it's a mentality that says, I don't understand what's happening in this situation. I don't know what to do. But I believe in the God of miracle. I believe in the God that is great. And I believe that God can do anything. There isn't anything too hard for him. That's a miracle mentality. God wants us to foster a miracle mentality. That we look to him and expect him to perform a miracle. We used to sing a little song. I've probably said this before. Expect a miracle every day. Expect a miracle when you pray. If you believe it, God will find a way to perform a miracle for you today. Sarah said, but I'm too old. And my husband's too old. You know, and we can put all kinds of objections in the way of our miracle. We can put all kinds of buts, but this, but that. But eventually Sarah came to that point of saying, there isn't anything too hard for God. There's a little scripture in Genesis that talks about that. You got the Genesis scripture? Yeah. 1814. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. She was past the age of childbearing. It wasn't humanly possible. But God said, is there anything too hard for me? There isn't anything too hard for him. He's the one who sculpted the whole universe. Every atom, every planet, every living thing, every person who walks this earth. And he wants us like Sarah to intimately embrace his miracle working power. There isn't anything too hard for him. Hallelujah. And then just one last little verse at the end of the chapter that I want to highlight. Genesis 11, verse 39. I think we should have that as a slide. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith. Yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Isn't that mind-blowing? Isn't that mind-blowing? God has invited us, all of us, to live in something better than what they had. Faith's fullness. You can live in faith's fullness this morning. You can know the power of God. You can know the miracle-working power of God. And this is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside of us. Amen. Amen. So my final slide is this. Live, walk, and breathe in the power of faith. So I encourage you to go, take, go and read that chapter for yourself and 
and just remember some of those things. You'll find there's lots more in there as well. I've only picked out a few verses. But God wants to encourage us that now is a time for action. We're taking a land. We're reading about Joshua going into a new land, taking territory, taking ground. And that's what we're doing. We're living, walking and breathing in the power of faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life. Lord, thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And Father, we just ask this morning that you would stir every single one of us up, Lord, in faith. Lord, that you would fan us into flame this morning. Lord, that we wouldn't just be an ember glowing in the corner, but Lord, that we would be full of fire, full of zeal, full of your spirit. Lord, help us to embrace the call of God on our lives, Father, for every single one of us. But Lord, it's not a question of how young or how old we are. We can put, Lord, lots of question marks in terms of your miracle. But Lord, we know that your faithfulness is to every generation. And Father, this morning, Lord, we thank you that we're candidates for miracle. Each one of us, Lord, are candidates for miracle this morning. Candidates for you to blow the oxygen of your spirit into our lives and hearts and do something new, Father. Because, Lord, you've said you're doing a new thing. Do we not perceive it? Amen. Amen. And I want to invite you this morning, if you need a miracle, to respond and to come forward. You may need a miracle in your body. You may need a miracle in your workplace. You may need a miracle in your finance. Whatever it is, there's nothing too hard for him this morning. He is great and his mercies are new every morning. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.